0: You're listening to Orange Blaze, a Florida Trail podcast.
1: Yeah, well, my first day in the swamps, like, it was just my goal to through Big Cypress, um, just to make it to uh, the interstate. I think it's around 30 miles to get there. Um, and I was going to allow myself uh, like, to stop there if I, if I needed to. Um, it got dark on me when I was out in the swamp, and I think I hiked for a couple hours in the dark just slogging through that swamps and I was yeah definitely kind of lost all of its charm in a hurry (laughs) (laughs) my legs were cramping and stuff and I had to I didn't use trekking poles on the hike so I had to grab a couple of cypress limbs and was like trying to use them to balance and stuff so I wouldn't fall and uh, dodging like all these spiders came out after it got dark and were stringing webs across the trail and I was trying to dodge them just kind of creeped out
0: That was Dan Chopsticks Munsell, current self-supported fastest known time record holder on the Florida Trail. Dan set his record in February of 2018. And I'm your hostess, Misty Ridley-Little, AT 2010 and Florida Trail 2011 thru-hiker. Dan is my second FKT thru-hiker on this podcast, the first being Jupiter, who was on the podcast for episode two back in June of 2018. You may have heard of Dan, but his online presence is not nearly as abundant as Jupiter's, so you'll likely learn just as much as I did about Dan's hiking background, as well as about his through hike in this episode. Starting with a through hike on the Appalachian Trail, Dan quickly caught the backpacking bug and began hiking other long-distance trails through the U.S. and into Spain, New Zealand, and Scotland before setting his sights on the Florida Trail FKT. As of late 2018, Dan is now a Triple Crowner, having completed the AT, the PCT, and in the summer of 2018, the CDT. I do enjoy listening to or reading about the perspective of FKT hikers because it's a feat that's likely not ever to be on my radar to complete. I know that many of us watch as folks like Jennifer Far Davis, Scott Jerk, and Heather Anderson, and many others conquer these feats of endurance from behind our phones to computers, trying to understand all of the components that goes into the accomplishment like this, from the mental to the physical. I think Dan offers a glimpse of that in this episode, but I know that sometimes it can be difficult to express the exact thoughts of what a through hike does to a person, FKT setter or not. You can find show notes for the episode at orangeblaze.thegardenpathpodcast.com and find me on Instagram at orangeblazepodcast or drop me an email at orangeblazepodcast.gmail.com. At Enjoy the episode, y'all. So how are... uh how are things in Montana? Is it cold up there?
1: Uh, yeah, it's been a little cold. Um, kind of comes in waves. It was really cold last week, and it's warming up now. So I'm not sure uh, what's going to go on here. I think we're supposed to get a little more snow. and Hopefully, uh, hopefully it pours. All right. Where
0: are you at? What town?
1: Uh, Kalispell.
0: Oh, we're okay. Up. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Nice. I, uh spent a little bit of time not actually on Flathead Lake um down on the Indian Reservation because I worked for a tribe in Florida and oh. uh, we had a conference there and I drove through Kalispell once and it was it was a nice area so
1: yeah yeah it's really neat good if you like and that's for sure
0: yes Um, yeah, I mean, I guess maybe you want to just start by introducing yourself. Um, I tried to get as much information as I could from your Instagram profile, but I really, I don't know much about you and I don't know if other hikers know too much about you. So maybe a little bit of background on, you know, who you are and kind of how you came to hiking and backpacking.
1: Okay. Yeah. I I don't, uh, post all that often on uh, social media, it seems like, so probably not the best way to know who I am, um. (laughs) But uh, yeah, my name is Daniel Munsell. I'm uh, from Columbus, Ohio. You may have uh, met me on the trail as Chopsticks. Um, yeah, so I've been hiking for a number of years now. I did my first long trail back in 2011. So I've done a few since then. But...
0: Yeah, so it looks like you've done um, like the Camino and the, I can never pronounce it, so I'm just going to call it the, the TA, the TA Ararua and some hiking in Tasmania. Um, maybe talk a little bit about those and how you kind of, um, and whatever other hikes you've, you've done um, that prepared you for the Florida Trail.
1: Yeah, well, I started out, um, like I said, the AT. That uh, was my first kind of long-distance trail. Um, I did that right out of high school. Just uh, decided I needed something to do, and, um, yeah, just packed a bag and kind of took off. Um didn't really know what I was getting into packed like probably 50 pounds worth of gear. Um, yeah, it was definitely a steep learning curve there, (laughs) but yeah, it was about four month hike and I ended up sticking with it and made it all the way up to Mount Katahdin. Um, when I got there, I kind of swore I'd never backpack again, (laughs) um, but I was done with through hiking, but yeah, that obviously, uh, I don't know, something stuck. I guess it kind of got in my blood a little bit somehow. And, uh, yeah, the next year I did uh, the Allegheny Trail, actually, across West Virginia, it's just a 300-miler there. Um, Didn't hike for a couple years, and then in 2015 I kind of got back into it um, in a big way, not even really intending to, just a buddy of mine wanted to hike the Camino, um, and you know, I was a hiker and backpacker and was kind of looking to do a, a year of travel in 15. And so I was like, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll go over there with you and, and do that hike. And so we did the Camino, I think it's like the end of February, beginning of March. Um, just kind of long it, you know, weren't really, uh, weren't really, didn't do a whole lot of planning for it, packed way too much. And, uh, I don't know, that kind of got me back into, wanting to through hike and start thinking about and be lightening my pack. And, um, yeah, kind of ended up being a big year for me hiking wise, but yeah. <laughs> um,
0: yeah. No, what year did you do the AT? AT was
1: 2011. So, okay. Uh,
0: mm-hmm, yeah. So. It was right after I did it in 2010. So same kind of yeah. era when it was, I feel like it was a little bit, different back then i don't know about you (laughs) than what it hiking on trails is now
1: i think so yeah things have definitely seemed to change a good bit since then i don't know i haven't been on the at since but um yeah i don't know it's definitely taken off quite a bit since those days i definitely feel kind of old school (laughs) yeah back then but yeah Um, and what what was the camino like you know, what's was cool. Um, I think it's one of those trails, you either kind of love it or you hate it. Um, I, I really enjoyed it for what it was. It's, you know, it's nothing like the Appalachian trail or PCT kind of these long, crazy American, you know, backwoods type of hikes. It's very laid back, you know, drinking wine every night and you don't have to carry any food or anything hardly. And, you know, stay in a, a hostel and, uh, take a shower every night, Wi-Fi. So, um, yeah, I mean, for what it, for what it is, it's, it's a great hike. I, I really enjoyed it. It's a real social kind of a hike. Um, yeah, 500 miles across Northern Spain. It was, it was great. I, I really liked it. Awesome. Yeah.
0: And then you went down to New Zealand and how was that trail?
1: Yeah, well, like I said, I'm, I'm bad at posting on social media actually I did the PCT um, the same year as the Camino Like, photo actually on Instagram so yeah that's not (laughs) that one's not on (laughs) I don't know I I was kind of set to be out for a year of travel in 15 and uh, like I said the Camino just kind of ignited a backpacking fire in me again and I finished that trail up in March and I was like well maybe I could do the PCT this year it's about you know the right time of year Um, I have an uncle that lives in LA got a hold of him and asked if I could crash at his place for a couple weeks and kind of try to plan a hike and he's you know cool with it so I flew from Madrid Spain all the way to LA and uh, yeah I ended up spending about the whole month of April there just kind of starting from the ground up just doing a lot of research on trying to lighten my load and just kind of change the way I've been backpacking before. Um, you know, my knees were starting to hurt and everything, just carrying so much weight. And Read a lot about, uh, like, the hiking life. I don't know if you've heard of Cam uh, from, from over there. mm mm-hmm. um, Did a lot of reading on his um, website, and some of the stuff he was talking about sounded a little crazy, like, you know, a backpack with no internal frame and... Um, you know, just sleeping under a tarp, different things like that I wasn't so sure about. But then I started reading, finding some other hikers that kind of had very similar opinions. And I thought, well, you know, these guys have got so many miles, you know, under their belts. They must know something. And, uh, yeah, I just did the best I could. Kind of patched together some of the gear I already had and um, bought a new backpack, a frameless pack. And uh ended up starting out May 5th and uh, did that trail in five days northbound so that was a uh, just a phenomenal hike really really cool really good season 15 awesome so yeah that was kind of my first experience going ultralight and then my first um, kind of attempt at doing big days I guess big mile mm-hmm. days I'd heard about some of these guys that hiked the PCT and did you know 40 miles in a day and at that time I thought that they just must be some kind of, you know, superhuman freaks, you know, to be able to do something like that. And, uh, on the PCT, I met, um, a guy named hiking, biking or Java. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Southern um, color or California. And we were chatting a little bit and he was telling me about like 80 miles he did in, uh, in two days. um, That's crazy, man. You know, you're nuts hiked on a little bit. I think I got up into the high Sierras and I was doing pretty good miles, you know, definitely quite a few, like in the thirties. Um, and then in the high Sierras, I met this other guy and was hiking with him for a couple days. And he was telling me about some 40 mile days he did. And when I heard him talking about it, it kind of just, I don't know, started just prompting something in me to kind of changing, I don't know, the way I thought about it and just thinking maybe, you know, this is possible. And, uh, Couple days later, I made up my mind to try a forty-mile day coming into South Lake Tahoe. I did forty-three miles and felt great. And the next day, I did another one and another one, and basically just kept that pace up all the way to Canada. Um, and I don't know; it really just kind of suited my backpacking style. I just like to get up early and just walk with the sun. And you know, in the summertime in the PCT, it's daylight till 9, 30, 10 o'clock, and you know, by the time I stopped walking, oftentimes I'd have those kind of miles done, and I don't know. It kind of let me know what I could accomplish, and I just kind of fell in love with the long days, just kind of a backpacking style. Um, so, anyhow, I guess a lot of that kind of started on the PCT, just learning to hike efficiently and be on my feet for long periods of time.
0: So, did your I guess habit of I mean, were you more social? hiker on the AT and obviously on the Camino, which is more social, but, um, and then you kind of change it on the PCT to where you're just more solitary and just going on your own or re-hiking with anybody else. I mean, other than the other, other two people you mentioned.
1: Yeah, I was pretty solitary hiker, I guess, in the PCT. Um, I started kind of late, you know, May 5th, a lot of people had already started. And at the beginning I remember passing, you know, oftentimes 20, 30 people a day um, down in the desert. And, uh, yeah, I guess I just never really fell in with anybody, you know, as far as hiking groups or anything. And I sort of had in the back of my head, like a mentality that I kind of was shooting for around a 90 day hike. I didn't know if it would be possible, but that was kind of just one of the particular goals of that trip. Um, I just didn't want to be out there for, for super long. And, uh, yeah, I, you know, I think I only camped with people on maybe two nights. Yeah. So it was pretty, pretty solo. Um, after the High Sierras, I didn't really see too many hikers, just a handful in Northern California. And then I think I had the whole state of Oregon and myself and just a couple in Washington. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, you know, people talk about the crowds and stuff on the PCT. And there were definitely, there was definitely some of that for me, but it was very much so a solo endeavor. Um, it ended up working out because I missed all the bad wildfires and was able to finish in late July before that got bad. So I kind of lucked out there.
0: So I mean, obviously I'm I'm missing some other hikes in there. Did you? What did you decide to do after the PCT?
1: Um, I decided to try to squeeze in one more hike that year. Um, I think I was just a little shy of like six thousand miles total for backpacking and i just i don't know like there was still some good um hiking time left that year and i kind of wanted to maybe just do a shorter trail and ended up having a buddy that was in the uk and um he wanted me to come over there and do a little bit of traveling with him and so i was like well would you be willing to do a hike and he'd never backpack before he was like yeah you know i'll do some hiking and so we met up um before, and I kind of threw a couple gear ideas at him, and he bought some stuff, and then he ended up going over there before I did, and I met him, and we decided to do the the Cape Wrath Trail in uh, northwest Scotland. It's Hmm. a a 250-ish mile hike, and um, yeah, so we met met up there and took the train to Fort William where it starts, and then uh, started out north towards uh, Cape Wrath. And uh, that ended up being a, a really phenomenal hike, probably one of my, my all-time favorites. Um, yeah, we just we took it really slow and um, just enjoyed it. I think it took us like maybe three weeks to do. Um, yeah, I had great weather for it, and it's just one of my favorite hikes still to this day. So, yeah, yeah, I was going
0: to ask about the weather because I think about Scotland and I think about rain and cold, but it sounds like uh, it was summertime, so it must have been nice then.
1: Yeah, well, at this point, I think it was late September by the time I finally made it over there, finishing up the PCT and then coming back and, um, yeah, flying to Scotland. So it was late late September, early October. Um, it could have been really bad weather. They potentially even have snow, but we had a lot of days, just not a cloud in the sky. Mm. So, uh, yeah, definitely kind of lucked out there, I guess. But, um, yeah, beautiful, beautiful hike.
0: Um, Yeah, so Scotland and PCT, and actually, I guess now you're actually a triple crowner because you did the CDT this year, too. So that's pretty amazing.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was cool, for sure. Definitely a long, well, I'd say it was a goal of mine. I, I never really thought I'd be a triple crowner, but... You know, I wanted to to do it, I guess, and kind of had the opportunity to and, and went for it. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> I think it's probably in the back of the mind to like, that's the goal. Like maybe someday we'll be a triple crowner, but obviously everybody's schedules and, and life is different. But um, that's awesome that you're able to make that happen.
1: Right. Yeah, I feel really fortunate for sure.
0: So with the transition to, I guess, lightweight backpacking and, and hiking in these longer days, um, how did you come up with the idea to, to hike on the Florida trail and to even go for an FKT?
1: Um, well, I guess uh, well, I had a job um, that was seasonal and uh, basically worked um, during the summers and then had winter time off. And so I was kind of going around and trying to do some different through hikes that you could do during winter time. And, uh, that's when I actually went over and, and did the TA in the, the 16, 17 hiking season. Uh, cause you know, being in the Southern hemisphere, the seasons are switched. So summery down there. And, uh, yeah, I did that from like December to February and, um, that, that trail was kind of brutal at, I don't know, there was a ton of road walking on the uh, the North Island of New Zealand, and just bogs and swamps, and I don't think my feet dried almost the whole trail, I was wet, and I had a really, like, cold, nasty summer, I guess, too, as the locals were telling me, Um, but yeah, finished finished that trail up, came back, worked another season, and it was, yeah, this past Uh, winner that I went for the the FKT and the Florida Trail. Um, But I guess it was just, having done the TA, I felt like I was kind of impervious to, like, road walks. And and, uh, so I thought, well, you know, maybe I'll go give the Florida Trail a try then. Like, it can't be worse than New Zealand, you know. Um, (laughs) Honestly, like, it was never really that... Well, it wasn't really on my radar too much before having done New Zealand just for those reasons. Um, but I was like, yeah, this, this probably won't even phase me now. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So I guess the idea for doing the Florida trail kind of crept in and, um, yeah, I don't know. I follow, uh, Lint and Jupiter, um, on Instagram was looking at some of their, their hiking down there and, you know, it looked pretty, pretty cool actually. And, um, I don't know where I got the idea for an FKT. Um, I guess, I don't know. I, I'd met some, a guy on the Pacific Crest trail kind of told me like, man, you should, you know, try for an FKT sometime. You know, you seem to have the endurance for it or whatever. And I really didn't think too much of it. Never really thought that I would you know go for one, but, um, yeah, I don't know. After doing doing New Zealand it I just yeah needed a needed another trail and it just sounded sounded good I guess going down there and I wasn't sure if if I wanted to even go through you know the agony of doing a, <laughs> a speed hike like that um, because you know I'd done enough like distance hiking and long days to know a little bit about you know how challenging it actually would be Um, it wasn't like I was naive going into it thinking I'd just be, you know, busting out miles. Like I kind of had an idea, you know, about the difficulties of it and just mentally what would have to go into it. So I kind of, I guess had some dread almost just thinking about uh, (laughs) that at that pace. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it was something that really spoke to me and I just, I don't know, I felt like I might have regrets if I didn't, you know, go for it and try it since I was planning on doing the thru-hike anyhow, so. Right. Yeah.
0: And did you have any preference for starting north to south or, or you know, obviously you went north um, from Big Cypress, but were you thinking at all of going southbound at any point?
1: Yeah, I mean, I definitely considered um, going both ways. Um yeah, I don't, I don't know. At, at the end of the day, I just decided to do it the traditional northbound route. Um, yeah, I'm not sure yeah. what my reasoning was. I know I, there was kind of some pros and cons, but uh, yeah, decided to go with the start in Big Cypress. So. And um, so when you started in Big
0: Cypress, was there anybody there to send you off or how did you even get to the
1: trail? Uh, I actually just called an Uber when I landed. Oh. Yeah, I, I looked around a little bit. I, I don't know if there is a Trail Angel for down there. Maybe there is. Um, I I didn't see anybody for that area. Or maybe he was. Maybe there was a guy that runs people out there. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, someone said something about an Uber, and it just seemed like a kind of an effective way to get out. So yeah, I landed and. Literally, yeah, called an Uber as I was, like, walking off the plane and came out the building, got in the car, and just drove straight out to Big Cypress. So it was kind of a pretty quick transition. One minute I was in, you know, it was like negative 20 in Ohio the day I left, and next minute I'm at the Oasis Visitor Center. It's middle of summer, it seems like.
0: (laughs) Right. Now, what did the Uber guy, or I guess gal, say when they picked you up and you told them where you wanted to go and... What you were doing?
1: Um, I think he just kind of double checked with me to make sure that's really where I wanted to go. Uh, he was cool about it. As an elderly gentleman, he was a super nice guy, and yeah, I don't. He drove me all the way out there and dropped me off, and yeah, there's no, there's no cell service at least for me out there. So it was definitely kind of a finalizing decision. It wasn't like I could get away from it very easily if I wanted to, but. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing he doesn't run too many people out there. But yeah,
0: well, even even a lot of people in Miami just don't actually go out that way very often. Right. So
1: yeah, <laughs>
0: um, yeah. So when did you, you start it on February second? Um, so that's pretty well behind, you know, most people's start starting time. You know, the main herds probably, <laughs> you know, up in Orlando or further by then. Right. Um, so what was it like those first few days by yourself? You're going through Big Cypress and I mean, it can get, I don't know how wet it was for you this last year, but you know, once you start getting towards middle spring, it can dry, it can start drying up pretty well out there, but was it too, was it still pretty wet?
1: Yeah. Big Cypress was still, still pretty wet. Um, that For some reason it was, seemed like it was pretty cold in like the winter of 2018. I know in Ohio it was just brutal um, like i had intended to train and stuff more than i did i hardly did any training before the hike and a lot of that just was because it was so cold it was just hard to be motivated to go out and you know walk around in the crunchy snow um and then initially i think i had intended on starting in january kind of when most people start um but florida was really cold too like i remember looking at some pictures on the Facebook groups and people were scraping frost off their tents and seeing pictures of ice on the water and stuff like that And yeah I wasn't too happy about uh, starting in that I only had a 40 degree sleeping bag so I was kind of hoping it wouldn't get down below freezing Um, I know it was kind of a gamble because it can get pretty cold anytime Um, but yeah that was part of the reason I kind of pushed it up to uh, february and then also just um for the amount of daylight too i was hoping just kind of wait another month and uh yeah hopefully have a little bit more daylight per day to hike by um January is just so dark um but yeah starting out um in big cypress. i think i made it about a third of the way through and was pretty much all dry, maybe a couple puddles. And I thought maybe I'd make it through with dry feet, and that definitely didn't happen. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I hit the mud and the water and slowed down a lot. Um, but yeah, it was super cool though. I, still one of my favorite stretches of the whole trail. It just kind of blew me away. I'd never, never been uh, in an environment like that. Mm. Yeah, it's
0: uh, it's one of those places. I think three quarters of the people I talk to end up loving Big Cypress, and then there's still like a quarter they just can't stand it or they had a bad experience. And so, right. I, yeah, it's <laughs> it's mostly love, a little bit of hate sometimes.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was uh, I was trying for sure, definitely challenging getting through there. But uh, yeah, I just it didn't almost seem real just looking out. And, being in like knee deep water and just seeing like the whole sea of cypress trees that are about, you know, eight, 10 feet tall. And yeah, it was just really crazy, but, um, but I loved it. So.
0: And so once you got out of big Cypress, you were pretty much able to cruise for a good while because it's pretty, I mean, it's dry and elevated. There's some roads and levees from there. What kind of mileage were you doing? Um, after you got out of the, uh, swamp?
1: Yeah. Well, my first day in the swamps, like it was just my goal to, big cypress um just to make it to uh the interstate i think it's around 30 miles to get there um and i was gonna allow myself uh like to stop there if i if i needed to um it got dark on me when i was out in the swamp and i think i hiked for a couple hours in the dark just slogging through that swamps and i was yeah definitely kind of lost all of its charm in a hurry (laughs) (laughs) Down. My legs were cramping and stuff and I had to, I didn't use trekking poles on the hike and so I had to grab a couple of cypress limbs and was like trying to use them to balance and stuff so I wouldn't fall. And uh, dodging, like all these spiders came out after it got dark and were stringing webs across the trail and I was trying to dodge them, just kind of creeped out. <laughs> but yeah, I made it, made it to the interstate and he, he passed through like some parking lots and then you go up through this gate. Um, and you get up and start kind of like a gravel road hike along the canal. And I got to that canal and just like took off my shoes and basically just jumped in the canal and took some time to wash everything off of me. And then I think I did a few more miles to Noble's campsite Mm
0: -hmm.
1: first night. And then I think that was 35 ish miles my first day. And then my second day, I think I did 46, um, I was trying to get my average up around forty. So yeah, after that, uh, it was you know it's really easy hiking. I guess it's really flat, um, but it wasn't all easy. I think like being on the flats can be deceptive. Like for me, it was easy in that each step you take doesn't require that much energy. You know, like going up and down hills and stuff does, but at the same time, it was just pounding the flats all day, you're just working the same muscles again and again, and you just kind of hitting the same, same, you know, ligaments and tendons, and you're not really stretching anything, there's no variance to your gait, and that in and of itself ended up kind of being a big challenge um, after Big Cypress, kind of walking along the canals and everything. Um, Yeah, I definitely, definitely put a hurting on my legs pretty good, especially since I didn't train Going into it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I know I look forward to those flat open spaces because you can move, you can get going pretty fast, but like you said, it's quickly you, you start hurting and you realize <laughs> it's pretty bad. It's pretty rough on your body.
1: Right. It really is. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's crazy. So big cypress too. It kind of, I don't know if it had something to do with like the silty kind of sandy stuff you get in your shoes going through there and then like the pressure of each like the water pressure in your shoe of each step you take mm-hmm. that like kind of hydraulically lifting my big toenails off oh yeah they started like swelling off and then getting out on like all the the hard asphalt and on the gravel and everything was pretty tough on my feet and and legs there those those first few days um i remember i really couldn't lift my legs any higher than just to take the next step really uh, without, without my legs cramping for the first maybe three days, something like that. So. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> it was rough. Did,
0: did you have any like electrolytes with you or did you get any along the way after that?
1: Um, yeah. I mean, I think I, you know, chug Gatorades and stuff whenever I got the opportunity to, um, Yeah, I don't know. Like, I remember that first night at at Noble's campsite, there was a big old gator in the water source. It was like a pond you were supposed to fill from. And I started to go down to the water to fill up, and he, like, very slowly just, like, sunk down and disappeared, and it just wasn't worth it to me to get water. So that first night, I went to bed pretty thirsty, and, yeah, I don't know. I don't remember water being, like, a a big issue for most of the trail, but um, definitely had a few moments of being dehydrated I guess along the way.
0: So after you've spent those few days on you know the levees and the roads pounding your feet um, you're getting towards back towards central Florida. Um, How's your mileage looking then and um, did you have any interesting experiences?
1: Yeah I think kind of central Florida was that was probably the lowest point for the trip. Um, I don't know I was just just so tired then and just um just my uh feet and everything we're just trying to adapt and and get used to that kind of a pace um it was pretty much just in survival mode at that point uh, i wanted to keep my my average like up around 40 uh just so i could kind of stay in the game wouldn't fall too far behind um so after like day two was a, a bigger day like 46 miles and then after that, pretty much any time I hit 40 miles, I just immediately quit for the day and just try to pass out. And you know, I was just so tired. Um, kind of going up around Orlando, um, yeah, a lot of a lot of foot issues, and that was uh, probably the most difficult part. I think was that first third going up through there.
0: Did uh, you think about quitting at any time, or was it just like keep going, keep going?
1: no i never really thought about quitting um i had moments i didn't know if i could make it i guess but the thought of quitting never really i don't know it didn't appeal to me i guess i never really thought it thought in thought about it in that way um yeah i remember i think probably up around orlando and then night two were probably my um just my lowest moments i remember night two trying to push that big day. I I didn't know if I could even do what I was there to do. And anytime after dark, I feel like it got really tough, um, especially up through that area and going through Ocala, some of those places. I remember I'd start just getting kind of anxiety and just really just huge dread. Anytime I saw the sun go down And, and normally I really love, you know, the sunrises and especially the sunsets out on trail and, uh, a lot of the Florida trail ones were great, but at the same time I almost had like the sense of anxiety. Cause then I knew that like it was time to night hike and I'd never really done too much night hiking before the Florida trail and, uh, definitely struggled with it, especially that first probably third of the hike, just getting used to it. And I think the days were even shorter than, um, yeah, it was definitely, definitely hard. I think, Mentally, that was one of the the toughest times, just not knowing if I could take another night of being out there stuck in my own head. yeah, I don't know I just they take it one one more time
0: Now, I mean, you just mentioned being stuck in your head. um I know a lot of people are now because of smartphones, listening to music and audiobooks and that sort of thing. Is that something you did, or you're just thinking and listening to the
1: woods um? Yeah, the Florida Trail was one of the first times I would actually brought along earbuds on a hike and listened to music. Um, didn't do any books, I don't think, just mainly some music. And I had a little battery pack. Um, I think I could get like one charge off my phone with it, or one you know, one top-up, so I couldn't use my phone too much. But I kind of save it for you know when I thought I'd need it the most. And yeah, a lot of times it was at night, so... Yeah, I was listening to some music, I guess.
0: Now, were you? did you ever encounter any other hikers or or just day-use folks on the trail?
1: Yeah, I went a really long way without seeing. like that the pack was all pretty far ahead of me at that point uh, when I started. And, uh, yeah, I met a guy named uh, Orange Blaze, I think was his trail name. And every now and then I'd kind of check in. On the uh, like the Florida Trail Facebook page, and I don't know if he'd messaged me or something said he wanted to, to meet me, or I knew he was kind of on a lookout for me because I had a, uh, a spot tracking device too, and I know he was following along kind of in in real time with where I was. And um, yeah, I don't know if it's up along the Suwannee River or where it was when I saw him. And he was my my first hiker. Wow. Um, yeah, I passed by his. His tent, and uh, he must have heard. I think it was like maybe eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night. It wasn't too late yet. He was still awake and heard me going by, and hollered at me. He's like, "Speedster, is that you?" And it's kind of kind of crazy just having someone holler at me from a from a tent. But I figured it was probably him, and came back, and he came out of his tent. And we chatted for a while, but uh, yeah, I met met him and. Uh, from there I didn't meet too many people I met a guy named Gasket Um, Joe is his name we hiked together for about 30 miles farther north Um, yeah a couple people here and there but uh, I think I missed missed most folks not that there's too many people out there anyhow but
0: yeah yeah I just didn't know if maybe because you had the spot and people knew you were out there if if anybody tried to meet you at all or like you said, if it's just uh mostly random encounters.
1: Yeah. Mostly random. Um, I did meet uh trucker Bob up in uh, around Orlando. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with, but mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yeah, he was a super cool guy. Um, came out, we, we chatted for a while and uh, yeah, he. I guess that's kind of his section where he uh, meets hikers and, um, yeah, so I did meet him. He'd been following me, following me pretty closely. Um, yeah. And I met, I, I met John Z as well. He came out, was following me on the, uh, the tracker as well. And kind of did a little, uh, little video type of deal with me a couple of days before I finished. He was following along with me and kind of, uh, filming with his, his camera, like running backwards, like tripping over sticks and stuff. <laughs> his footing he didn't want to slow me down at all and like I would have been fine with like stopping for you know 10 minutes and chatting with him but you know he's done some fkts and knows what it's about so he didn't want to like make me stop or anything so yeah it was, it was fun
0: transition to like you mentioned you having those low moments what kind of changed your your attitude or what after you know after Orlando or in Ocala in that area, did you just sort of adapt and get used to the night hikes or I mean, what, what changed your mood?
1: Yeah, I think there was like some adapting going on. Um, I think you just kind of get used to it after a while, your body just, you kind of accept it. Um, I really don't know what happened after maybe that first third or halfway point, as far as the night hiking went, I started to not mind it nearly as much. Something just kind of clicked over. I don't really know what it was. And maybe I just, like you said, just got used to it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I get used to the sleep deprivation and it just kind of becomes a way of life. And I definitely hardened up. You know, my feet and legs got a lot stronger and I definitely kind of took a turn for the better. Um, yeah, after the Orlando area and started hitting more of the miles I wanted to hit and yeah, just really pushing, I guess.
0: Was there a point where you kind of realized that you, you were going to make the FKT or was it not until, you know, you're almost approaching the, the Northern Terminus that you realized you were going to make it?
1: Yeah, it wasn't really towards until towards the end, um. Yeah, probably maybe that last mile or something after I got off the beach. I was kind of flocking out towards the monument. I kind of had a moment of realizing I was going to make it. I mean, obviously, like the last day, you know, I was on track and I knew it was coming, but I just didn't want to, you know, think that I'd made it before I made it. Because you never know what might happen along the way. Right. Yeah, Yeah, I just kind of stuck with what I knew and... Yeah, I just kept kept going for it every day. So
0: now do you have a were you hiking with a or camping with a tent, or did you have a hammock or just kind of like a bibby sort of thing? What was your setup?
1: Yeah, I uh just kinda of sewed my own hammock. It's like just weighed a couple ounces. I hesitate to even call it a hammock. It's just kind of a like a little nylon sling. It just kinda of keeps me up off the ground. Um Yeah, I had that and just a Cuban fiber, or a little tarp to go over it and didn't even have a bug net or anything. I just, um, my plan was to just stay inside my sleeping bag or my my sleeping quilt rather and I'd wear my hat and I had a, like a head bug net that I'd wear over my face to try to keep the, the insects off. Um, I gotta say it, I think it worked better in theory than, but right so, absolutely brutal nights with mosquitoes keeping me awake but yeah overall I really did like the hammock part of it but
0: now did you have any other um, besides your low mental uh, points did you have any other challenging moments um, like any closures of trail that you still had to go through despite you know because you had to stick with the FKT sort of things like that or any other, strange moments that happened to you
1: yeah i had some i had some strange moments from the florida trail uh that's for sure i think that stretch probably from from big cypress up to around orlando was it was just such a wild stretch of the trail or so much just adapting going on um yeah let me see i trying to remember which night it was i think it was um it was going around. Let's see, night three, I think it was. I had I uh, resupplied, and then was still. It was kind of in the uh, going around on the dike around Lake Okeechobee, and yeah, there's quite a few different closed construction points up through there um, with the army. I guess you know doing whatever they're doing up there. And for the FKT, I wanted to make sure I stuck to the official route, no matter what. And so I did a lot of, you know, fence climbing and stuff like that, going through the, the closed stretches of trail and yeah, night three resupplied, got up back up on the, uh, the dike in the dark and, uh, hiking along, you know, very loaded backpack, feeling pretty good. And all of a sudden this breeze kind of hits me in the face and wind picks up. And next thing you know, it's just pelting rain <sighs> and, uh, put on my raincoat and I'm just kind of miserable had <laughs> i'm trying to make it through this storm um still having to make my miles and yeah i got got pretty late i was getting close to you know where i needed to be to make camp and got to another construction zone and uh you know it was nighttime so it wasn't like a real big deal to get through jumped over the fence and it was still pouring rain and I was just kind of looking around, like, hoping there might be a place in there I could sort of get some shelter. I mean, my hammock tarp really wasn't much. I mean, it's pretty small, and I don't know, I just was not looking forward to opening my pack, especially with all the food and stuff that I had, and having, having everything get soaked. So, I'm in, inside this closure, looking around, and I see, like, this water truck, this U.S. Army water truck, and It rains pouring, walk over, pull on the handle and the door's open. I just just get out of the rain for a few minutes and think about what I was going to do. And I start looking around and it's like, well, this thing's, you know, it's watertight. And like, there was a big bench seat going across. And I was like, this is actually kind of cozy. Maybe I'll spend the night in here. And, uh, yeah, I cleaned off the seat and tried to sleep in that thing overnight and ended up being kind of a nightmare experience like the rain stopped and it got so muggy in there and i couldn't roll down the windows because mosquitoes were so bad in that area and uh yeah so it was super hot in there and somehow the mosquitoes started getting in i to this day i have no idea if there was like a hole in the floor in the truck or what the deal was but uh kind of just spent all night in there just had my wind pants on i had my hands like my pants trying to keep the bugs from biting my hands and um, bug net on, just kind of curled up on this seat, not getting sleep and uh finally couldn't take it anymore. It was like four o'clock in the morning, packed my stuff, started to leave then the I saw the guys coming in to like start the shift really early, so I had a couple of uh, kind of tense moments where I had to run off the dike and kind of hide in the bushes from the guys driving. oh my down. gosh. <laughs> cool. I was glad. I was glad I got out of there. Like I put everything back in the truck just how I'd found it and literally just started out when they were coming through the gate. So they would have wondered what this crazy hobo was doing sleeping in in their trucks. Yeah, it's a good thing you
0: didn't sleep till six or something. Oh my gosh.
1: It was very close. So I was, yeah, lucky to have gotten out of that. But yeah, I mean, I was hiking 18, 19 hours a day usually. And I just come off of one of those days all along the dike and then spent a night in a truck surrounded by mosquitoes, really didn't sleep all night, and started right back into another eighteen hour day. Um, so yeah, that was definitely one of the harder times on trail for sure just' just trying to stay awake and you know i got had got to the point where I was falling asleep on my feet as I walked. Um, later on that day, I think it was about maybe 10.30, hiking along the dike, and I literally just I collapsed right on the trail, right on the dike there. It was like a four-wheel drive track, and there was kind of a grassy part between the, the gravel tracks, and I just fell down like on my face right in between the tracks. Oh, my gosh. Yes, I immediately passed out. and just fell asleep, and you know, I just didn't budge because I was so tired and – I woke up to the sound of an airboat and was totally confused and I didn't, I didn't know where I was. Finally figured out where I was and I had no concept of time. Like I didn't know if I'd been there for like six hours or six minutes. And yeah, I was kind of freaking out, hoping I didn't like sleep the day away. And I just kind of jumped up and started stumbling down the trail, trying to figure out what had happened and, uh, ended up, Figuring out, I think I slept for about 30 minutes just flat on my face in the trail because I checked before I got out. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I was hallucinating a little bit because I remember like somebody was behind me, like talking to me. And I don't remember, it was a, a man behind me. And I can't remember if he was annoying me or I was having some kind of conversation with him. And I remember when I first woke up, I started looking around and I had like this feeling that someone was there like I'd been talking with somebody and like just had just had a conversation but you know obviously no one was around so
0: Wow. <laughs> That's crazy.
1: Yeah, I had a couple a couple times like that twice on trail where I didn't get any sleep and then had to go right into another day. Yeah, that all happened kind of south of Orlando area.
0: My Goodness. No wonder you, no wonder you were a little nutty there for a while. That's crazy. <laughs> so what about, was there any other trail reroutes or anything uh, crazy you had to do?
1: Um, I'm trying to think. Wasn't too many closures or anything. Uh, there was a, a bear closure one time I had to hike through, um, I guess. Bunch of college students had left food out, and a bear came through and just destroyed their camp. And they closed the the trail for that. Uh, it was just a short section. I went through at night. I didn't camp in there or anything. Um, another stretch further north where a uh, boardwalk was wiped out, and there was a road detour to go around it. But I just went down through the swamps and. Yeah, it was. It took quite a while getting through there, and just staying on track was pretty hard. Like the blazes were kind of old and had fallen off the trees and stuff. There wasn't much to follow. Mm-hmm. You see some scrap from the old boardwalk and kind of piece together where the trail was. Um. Yeah, so went through there, and like I said, on the the dike around Okeechobee, the closures there. Um, aside from that, I think. Most of the trail was was open that year, so.
0: And what about um, any favorite sections that you enjoyed? I mean, I know sometimes it's hard to have a good section when you're hiking through it at night, but.
1: Right. What you saw? What What was your most enjoyable parts? Um, yeah, that was actually another thing I I didn't like about the FKT part of it was sometimes I could tell I was just missing really pretty sections of the trail, and it kind of sucked to be going through at night. I miss in those areas. Um, but overall, like I said, big cypress um, uh, fan of that, uh, St. Mark's preserve. I did most of that during the daytime and really enjoyed that. I saw some wild pigs back there and a lot of gators, just really pretty area. I liked St. Mark's a lot. And i um, Econ Econ Fina area.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That was pretty. I liked that a lot. Um, the Air Force Base was really cool too. Really well maintained trails up through there. I enjoyed that stretch a lot, and then uh, the beach too. Like the beach was one of my favorite parts of it. Just a really kind of unique place to end a through hike for sure.
0: Yeah, I think the beach is one of the highlights. That I don't think we we promote that enough. That it's a really cool place to end.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought so. It was just gorgeous and. Once again it was just so different from everything you'd seen, you know, so far on the trip. Um, but yeah, all in all I, I thought the Florida Trail was really beautiful. I I was kinda surprised by that. Um just yeah, I don't I don't know. I just a lot of it wasn't what I was expecting. It was a lot prettier, and a lot a lot more wild, I guess, and I don't know, so many animals and yeah, just just beautiful, really. I was pleasantly surprised by by all that, but.
0: Now, would you uh, do the Florida Trail just as a regular through hike again someday?
1: Um, maybe someday if they get some of the uh, road walks off of it. Yeah, <laughs> I like to go back do some sections for sure. Um, right. but yeah, I mean, I was really pleasantly surprised by. Uh, just how unique of an environment it was and you know, FKT aside, just how cool the, uh, just through hiking that, that part of the world is really, really unique. Great.
0: And I was going to ask if you had any, um, things you'd like to see improved on the Florida trail besides, besides road walks. I think everybody could agree on that, but is there anything else that you thought might be missing that would, that would benefit, uh, the
1: Florida trail? Um, I don't know. I mean, all in all, I I thought it was really well marked and, uh, yeah, it was definitely a couple of, uh, you know, rougher sections, I guess, along the way. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just hope that they keep, um, yeah, putting time and resources into just, yeah, finding new, new areas to put, put trail through and, uh, even improving some of the, uh, the spots that they've already kind of started projects on. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's some, sometimes it seems like maybe they would uh, add a lot of resources to areas that were already really pretty and really well-maintained where it was kind of like, well, this is our poster boy section and then you know, parts <laughs> were neglected to some degree. Right. But yeah, all in all, I mean, yeah, it's definitely on the right track. Seem to go see some awesome areas for sure.
0: Now, do you have any uh, other FKT ideas up your sleeve for the future, or do you think this is like your one and only?
1: Um, I don't know. I, I think it gets a little bit addictive to some degree. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I may, I may try for some stuff. I've got a couple ideas. Rolling around in my head. Uh, we'll see. I guess I don't know. Uh, just kind of things as they come. If I get the opportunity to go, then then I probably will. But right. Yeah.
0: Now, do you have any hikes planned for next year?
1: Um, nothing set in stone yet. Uh, nothing real long. I don't know. It feels good to have you know done the CDT this year and kind of have all the big mammoth hikes out of the way. Um. So I'd like to focus on some of the the shorter ones, maybe like Arizona trail and Pacific Northwest trail, you know, different ones like that. Um, At some point, I don't know for sure when I'll get to them, but they're they're out there. So hopefully at some point. Right. Right.
0: Well, do you have any, um, I guess, closing thoughts? I mean, I think you've, you've wrapped up a lot of, um, what you liked about the Florida Trail, but anything advice you'd give to people just coming out for a regular through hike, or other people who might be FKTing?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, for anybody wanting to through hike the Florida Trail, I'd say just go for it. I mean, yeah, it's so beautiful. Really, really loved it, and yeah, it's well worth well worth your time. Um, yeah, just just go for it and see what happens. Um. yeah, as far as FKTs go, I mean, I think there's definitely still a lot of room for improvement on it. And, uh, yeah, I hope somebody can um, lower the time on it here here soon. I know there might be a a couple of attempts um, this coming season. So we'll see what happens. But, yeah, I mean, to me it's cool to just, you know, be a part of it. I kind of view it as just – you know, one step along the way. It's just kind of a test of human endurance, and I think it's amazing uh, what what people can do if you really put your mind to it and just, uh, you know, just stay the course. And people think that, you know, a certain time is so fast, and then someone else comes along and beats that and, you know, raises the bar, and someone else comes and raises the bar. And um, I guess with my hike, it was, it was cool to come along and just raise the bar a little bit, and, you know, somebody, hopefully somebody else will be inspired by that in some way and come along and do even better at some point. So yeah, I look forward to seeing what happens with that. Awesome.
0: Well, I know you said you don't do social media too much, but is there anywhere other than Instagram uh, that people could follow you in your future adventures?
1: Um, yeah, pretty much just, just Instagram um, at Dan Munsell. So yeah,
0: Alright. well, I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'll put that on the show notes so people can, can find you and check yeah. out uh, what you've done.
1: Yeah, sweet.
0: Well, thank you for um, coming on the podcast and sharing your story. And I definitely like hearing about um, all these feats of endurance that people do because it's, it's not something that's up my alley. <laughs> I, you know, inspire, uh, inspire. I aspire to that, and wish I could do that, but it's not something that I, th- I am built for. So I enjoy watching everyone else do it. And thanks for sharing that.
1: Yeah, for sure. Thanks so much for having me on.